0: Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today on The Core. Rick Green is probably doing some traveling. Who knows what Rick Green is doing over there in Texas. Uh, but he's our he's our usual, Rick is our usual Tuesday Thirsty host. But you got the A-team today. You got the A-team today, and yes, I did just uh, poke it. Rick Green is being the B-team. But, uh I know Rick enough to know that he can take a poke every once in a while. So, you got me. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you on the court today. Rick is traveling, and he usually uh, sits in and hosts the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I know we get a lot of good feedback on from Rick uh, from the audience on Rick hosting the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays each week. and uh he's an expert on the Constitution on the founding of this nation. And is able to speak to those issues very, very much in depth. So I uh, appreciate Rick Green and the folks over at Patriot Academy and the Torture Freedom Foundation. By the way, I am a Patriot Academy alumni. I went to Patriot Academy just several years ago, and graduated from there. I'm an alumni of Patriot Academy. And at AFA, we sponsor Patriot Academy each year. And that's what Rick Green heads up each year. Uh, uh, He does many things, but one of the things that he does is the Patriot Academy around the country. They have different regional academies. It's about a week-long camp or academy where you uh, take on the role as a legislator. And you write your own bills, your own... uh, And then you try to pass laws, and you debate the bills. And it's just very very beneficial in uh, producing young leaders to lead this country in the years ahead Uh, so that's a little backgrounder on what rick does each year Uh, moving into our scripture of the week we're in jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 we're here uh this week we we jumped out of psalms for a uh for a week in light of uh, the ruling before the Supreme Court. But listen to Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So when does human life begin? Scripture says that human life begins at conception. So that's, uh, that's a verse that we have for this week. A, I told you yesterday I had a blog I was working on about the issue of abortion and should it be allowed under any circumstance. So I uh, have that today uh, for our audience uh, to, to go through, and this is actually up on our blog site at afa.net. It's up on our blog site called The Stand, and you can get to that very quickly and efficiently by just simply typing in your browser, afa.net, afa.net. Right there on the homepage, you'll see my latest blog. The title is, Should Abortion Be Permitted Under Any Circumstance? That's the title of my latest blog up on our blog site, afa.net. Right there on the homepage, you can click on it, read it, share it with your family and friends, share it with your enemies, share it with those who may not agree with us, on the issue of life it's uh, hopefully will be beneficial to all readers let's just go through this this segment and uh, once again you can read this at afa.net it's up there right now on the home page when does human life begin Psalm 139 verse 13 declares for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb Jeremiah 1 5 declares before I formed you in the womb I knew you And before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. According to the Cleveland Clinic, a well-respected medical provider in the state of Ohio that has been around for over 100 years, here is what happens, according to the Cleveland Clinic, in the first four weeks of life, quote, in the first few weeks, a primitive face will take form with large dark circles for eyes, the mouth, lower jaw, and throat are developing Blood cells are taking shape and circulation will begin. The tiny heart tube will beat 65 times a minute by the end of the fourth week of pregnancy. That's according to the Cleveland Clinic. Moving on to my blog here. Uh, Cleveland Clinic goes on to describe how doctors formulate the age of a preborn child. The Cleveland Clinic notes that the first trimester will span, listen to this folks, from conception to 12 weeks. All right, the first trimester according to doctors that specialize in prenatal care, the first trimester will span from conception to 12 weeks. It is a settled fact that human life begins at conception. God declares this in his word and science affirms it as a moral truth. The truth is undeniable and has held true This truth, rather, is undeniable and has held true since the creation account in Genesis and will hold true for all of eternity. Now that we've settled the question of when life begins, the next question that is often discussed is whether or not it is morally acceptable to intentionally end the life of a baby in the womb. The most common justification that people use is is that abortion should be allowed for cases of babies that were conceived in rape or incest or when the life of the mother is at risk as a result of the child. The rape and incest argument doesn't stand up against even one ounce of scrutiny. It isn't morally acceptable to end the life of a preborn child because of how they were conceived. Each human—and we talk about this on the show often— Each human is created in the image of God, and their value doesn't decrease as a result of being conceived in an immoral or evil circumstance. Instead of uh, punishing the preborn child for cases of rape and incest, and when I say punishing, that means killing them. So instead of punishing the preborn child for cases of rape and incest, the sole focus should be on punishing the one who committed this immoral act. Ending the life of a baby in cases of rape and incest is immoral and should never be permitted under the law. So this leaves us with the saving the life of the mother justification for abortion. In 2009, the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Genio... this is the first time I've said these words. (laughs) Uh, Short for OBGYNs. Let's just go with that. Um... Uh, those doctors who uh, who care for women and also care for babies in the womb. Uh, so this association, this American Association of Pro Life OBGYNs, put out our uh, a statement on this justification, talking about the issue of the life of the mother. Here's what the doctors have to say. All right, this is a 2009 statement that this pro life group of doctors put out. Abortion is the purposeful killing of the unborn unborn, in the termination of a pregnancy. This group goes on to say that they oppose abortion. Later they say, when extreme medical emergencies that threaten the life of the mother arise, and then they give the examples, this group believes in, quote, treatment to save the mother's life, quote, end quote, including premature delivery, if that is indicated, obviously with the patient's informed consent, This is not abortion to save the life of the mother. We are treating two patients, this group says, the mother and the baby. And every reasonable attempt to save the baby's life would also be a part of our medical intervention, they say. We acknowledge that in some such instances, the baby would be too premature to survive. So that's one statement from a group of pro-life doctors. They got about um, several thousand members in their group. Another statement put out by a group of doctors in 2000 and uh, I'm not sure the date of this, but within the last decade, this was called the Dublin Declaration, all right? And remember, we, we've eliminated the moral case for killing the baby based on rape and incest. So now all that's left is the, is the medical or the life of the mother argument, all right? Here's what this other group of doctors says. This is called the Dublin Declaration. As experienced practitioners and researchers in this field, We affirm that direct abortion, the purposeful destruction of the unborn child, is not medically necessary to save the life of a woman. We hold that there is a fundamental difference between abortion and necessary medical treatments that are carried out to save the life of the mother, even if such treatment results in the the loss of life of her unborn child. We confirm that the prohibition of abortion does not affect in any way the availability of optimal care, to pregnant women. So I go on in this blog to, to state that these statements alone debunk the quote unquote life of the mother argument as automatic justification for intentionally ending the life of the preborn child. In conclusion, abortion should not be permitted under the law, regardless of circumstance, and it is morally lo- wrong. Abortion should be abolished. And so I went into this really not being up to par on the arguments for the life of the mother i really was not up to par on it i had a lot of questions and i told bobby hey let's get a doctor on to talk about this and what are we going to have on this last segment of this show we're going to have on a doctor um we're going to have on a medical doctor to talk about uh this this topic of the life of the mother and does abortion have to be legal in order to save the life of the mother so we're going to uh, Dr. In- Ingrid Skopp, uh in the last segment of this show, so you're not going to want to miss that, uh, and I'm going to let him give his input on this topic. So you can read that blog that I just went through there on our website, afa.net, uh, right there on the homepage. Uh, you can read that. So uh, this this is very important, folks, and the reason it's very important is because this issue is now being debated at the state level around the country and states now clearly are going to move on this issue. Uh, over a dozen states have already moved on this issue. All right, and you're going to hear the talking heads. You're going to hear the enemies of God continue to perpetrate, continue to percolate this theory that 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 by abortion being outlawed, that somehow women are going to be harmed. I mean, I heard uh, Hillary Clinton. Say it the other day. She said, women will die. That was her quote. Women will die. She said that on the on on a cable news channel. And, and, and you, we've heard this before. You know, uh, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, women are going to die. Women are going to be endangered. That's completely not true. This is garbage. All right? And you notice you don't actually hear doctors saying this. <laughs> it's politicians saying it. And it's like, so why don't we talk to the doctors? Why don't we have the doctors on? The ones who care for women, treat women, deliver babies for a living— Let's talk to them uh, about this whole debate. So that's what we're going to do on the show in this last segment. So but we've got to have a proper biblical scientific understanding and 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 scripture and science go hand in hand, by the way. Uh, you notice in my blog there, scripture, the Bible is absolute truth. We get absolute truth from God's word and his divine revelation, His natural revelation, and creation. Uh, all science does, folks, is it reaffirms what God has already told us. It corroborates, if you will, what God has already revealed to us in His Word. So Scripture alone is sufficient to determine what is morally and absolute. What is moral and absolute truth? And science just uh, just is another avenue uh, for putting the puzzle together uh, to uh, affirm that which God has already declared. Uh, So when when is abortion morally acceptable? Never, all right? And there's a difference. We have to define what is abortion. Abortion is intentionally targeting the child in the womb for death, all right? That is the definition of abortion. When doctors intervene to attempt to save the life of the mother, and the child in the womb does not make it or does not survive. That is not abortion. That is not the intentional tar- intentional targeting of the child. So we got two patients here, the baby and the mom, and they should both be cared for to the utmost degree by doctors. All right? AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next segment.
2: Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Republic was founded on the principle that rights are given to us by God, not men. As a result, men nor government can take them away. That's why our Declaration of Independence refers to our rights as inalienable rights. Government's role, then, is to protect the rights that God has given to us. The first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, which government is entrusted to protect, is religious liberty. The founders did this because they knew that free exercise of religion is the fulcrum for all liberty. Wherever the flame of religious liberty is extinguished, all liberty is imperiled.
1: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
0: This is
2: Raising God the Girls Minute with Patti Garibay of American Heritage Girls. This year
3: has been difficult to navigate. It's been unmanageable and unpredictable. One could say it's almost like a forest fire. Once teams of professionals are able to tame the fire and extinguish the last ember, The earth's relief is palpable. The soggy foliage drips, the sun beams in, and the forest can start anew. Did you know that after a forest fire, the soil is at its richest? That after a blaze, fields of wildflowers can finally bloom because they are no longer impeded by the shade of tall trees. Your girl may feel like she is in the midst of a fiery circumstance. How can you help her find the sunshine, the light of Christ again and start the regrowth process? We are all called
2: to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi, thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why, what's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch, been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah, I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep, then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813.
1: AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
0: Welcome back to the core here on American family radio. As I mentioned in the last segment here in about, I don't know, 17 minutes, we're going to have our own Dr. Ingrid Scott. She's an MD. We'll have her own, um, in the last segment, she's also a board certified OBGYN. She serves as a senior fellow and director of medical affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute and much, much more in her bio that I could go through, but we'll uh, let her tell a little bit about herself in the last segment of this show. So I wanted to, uh, jump on or, 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 jump to a, uh, another topic, this segment, a uh, couple topics, but we'll start with this. The, um, the uh January 6th hearings uh, the January 6th committee hearings and this is this is an absolute circus and uh, we've had circuses before in Washington DC uh, multiple ones but i let me just preface this with uh remember who we're dealing with here okay that's important we can't we can't forget who we're dealing with all right because if you have past experiences <laughs> With people who are known to lie and mislead, i. e. the Democrats and some Republicans, by the way, then you've got you gotta you gotta understand that going into this, okay? You can't just watch this and take everything at face value. We are dealing with very corrupt and uh let's say conniving people here. All right, so we gotta we gotta understand that. We can't forget that. Because if you do, you'll be duped again. All right. You'll be duped again and again and again, and you'll be duped like the Biden voters in 2020. And yes, there were some of them. How many? Nobody knows. But the Biden voters, the legit Biden voters, I'm not talking about the people that have been dead for 10 years that voted in 2020. I'm talking about the living, breathing Biden voters in 2020. Some of them knew what they were getting. They knew they were getting a radical far left president who wanted to destroy the country that is known as America All right. Many voters voted for Biden knowing that there's probably some voters that voted for Biden thinking he was genuinely going to bring about unity, economic restoration, yada, yada, yada. And he did nothing of the sort and he's doing nothing of the sort. But that's the backgrounder uh, of the January 6th committee hearing. But I've just seen a lot of people, you know, even people who would describe themselves as Christians or some would describe themselves as being uh, civically or politically conservative, they love our constitution. They love the country. They want to preserve it. I'm seeing some of them that are going all out bash Trump. All right, all out bash Trump. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump's not worthy at sometimes of criticism because I've criticized him and his policies and some of his decisions on the court here. All right, so this is not a, this is not a MAGA. We can't criticize Trump. You know tirade that I'm giving here, but what I'm saying is they're using the January 6th committee hearings uh, to criticize President Trump. And I saw uh, Mick Mulvaney, the former chief of staff for Donald J. Trump, on CNN with Jake Tapper criticizing Donald J. Trump. And I'm thinking, and he's using information released by this this show committee. And so let's just let's just let this play out. All right, we've done this before. We, we did the Russia hoax. We did the, uh, the Ukraine call with Zelensky. Impeachment hoax. All right, so, so we've been duped multiple times in the last five to ten years by these fools in Washington, D.C. So before you use the January 6th committee information and in interviews and testimony to then go and bash Donald Trump, let's let this play out. Let's be responsible Americans and let this play out because the people that are f- that are fomenting this nonsense are the same people that were a part of all the other hoaxes in the past. All right, they were a part of it all. <laughs> so we can't let fools continue to parrot information time after time that we always debunk and then on the seventh time we're like, "Well, this is legit." All right? <laughs> Cuz it's not legit. So the whole hoax about, well, let me just say, the entire story and narrative about Donald Trump throwing a hamburger against the wall in the White House, these are all supposed stories. The whole story about Donald Trump, President Trump, reaching for the steering wheel in the beast limousine. I mean, come on. All right, so I don't know whether this stuff happened But but it's not it's not responsible to go out criticizing the former president on stuff that we have not corroborated and verified yet. All right. And these media outlets, they're not even using the word alleged or reportedly. They're just flat. I'm seeing headlines like Donald Trump grabbed the steering wheel of 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 the the first limousine. It's like, were you guys there? (laughs) You journalist? No, none of y'all were there. And the the witness the twenty five year old witness, which there's nothing wrong with being twenty five i'm twenty eight but the young witness that was an aide to the chief of staff mark Meadows, she wasn't even there so so how can we allow testimony of of people with no firsthand knowledge? How often and i'm I'm not for the literalist out there just 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 calm down for a minute, all right how often do you see a jury or a prosecutor or a defense attorney bring forth a witness who's a non witness that, that had secondhand knowledge of the supposed event that might have taken place? They never do that. They hardly ever do that because that's unreliable. Like if you weren't there to see the supposed act. Then you can't wait. you can't testify. We need somebody who saw it with their very own eyes to testify that such an event took place. But there is not, there, 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 there is no one currently testifying that all these crazy events took place uh, with Donald Trump. So the Secret Service is is supposed to testify that Donald Trump did nothing of the sort. Uh, so we'll just continue to track that. But folks, when you're watching these hearings, first I hope you're not watching them. But if you are and you're on social media and you're seeing the headlines and the stories, uh, just take it with a grain of salt, all right? Because this will all come out in due time. All the truth will come out. You'll have witnesses that corroborate or deny certain events. Uh, so we just gotta be responsible here, and we can't uh, we can't slander the the former president of the United States um, with with uh, fabricated evidence evidence that just doesn't exist. So that's just not responsible. And we've seen it happen before. Is while I'm saying this, we've seen this happen before, so this is nothing new. Uh, so let's let this play out, and we'll see what's true and what's not based on um, the evidence that is built up once uh, people who are around the president actually are able to speak up. Well, um, uh, speaking of the Democrats, you know they uh, they they've they've gone ballistic with the uh, uh, talking about how. You know, Donald Trump tried to undermine the election and tried to overturn the election, and then they're getting all these uh, names of people that wanted to overturn the election. Well, let's listen to the Democrats, all right? This is a 2017 clip. This is when the electoral count is taking place in Congress. Joe Biden, as vice president, is presiding, and... They are counting the electoral votes after Hillary Clinton got defeated in 2016, November of 2016. Let's listen to all the Democrats that objected to the counts from various states of the Electoral College, clip one.
1: I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not should not be legally
3: certified. No debate. All right. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes There's were no not. no debate.
4: There's no debate. There's I object to the certificate.
0: Uh, from the state of North Carolina.
3: I object to the 15 votes from the state of
4: North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. The
3: Counting debate is not ballot. in order. There is no right debate, is no debate the in order.
4: Is it signed by a city? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please people come people to order. The objection can order cannot be received. Senator, but the Russian Section 18, Title 3, of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session.
3: I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter? There's no rejection? debate.
4: There is no <laughs> debate. The gentlewoman will suspend.
0: Folks, it's a circus. I've told you before. It's
4: Insurrection. A,
0: it's folks, and you don't even have to pay. Wait, we are paying with our tax dollars. To watch this show. You could watch the U.S. Congress conduct its business and get a kick out of it. I mean, it's prime time, popcorn, and Coke. Watch this without even paying to go to the movie theater, without paying to go to the real circus. This is some legit stuff. This is, and you just got to pull up C-SPAN. <laughs> just pull up C-SPAN and watch these fools in Washington D.C. It's absolutely comical. So that was a a montage of the (laughs) 2017 joint session to count the electoral votes. And you just heard a bunch of Democrats objecting to the electoral votes. But how dare a Republican in January of 2021 uh, uh, object to any electoral votes? If you object to any of the electoral votes, then you're an insurrectionist. That's That's the standard. That's the standard. And so, um, as I say, often, 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 they, th- these folks, the Democrats, they project onto their enemies that which they are responsible for. They project onto their opponents that which they are responsible for. What are they responsible for here? The shenanigans of the 2020 election. All right? They are responsible For the shenanigans of the 2020 election cycle, various states, broken laws, broken procedures, illegality, all over the place during the 2020 election. And so that's what they're responsible for. They committed the acts and uh, and that um, they had no standing to criticize anyone who dares to object to the electoral count. Uh, but they did, and that was them in 2017 uh, doing the same thing. Actually, with no evidence, <laughs> they were uh, using the Russia hoax as their uh, so-called evidence. And then, what? What do you? What do you know? That was debunked as well. That was debunked as well. President Biden uh, was at the G7 summit this week, and then he also went over to uh, the NATO summit. In Spain, and he did something that had another president, namely Donald Trump, done this, he would have been roundly rebuked and impeached. But here's what President Biden did. And I didn't bring in the clip, but I have it here. I have the quote President Biden was speaking to reporters at the NATO summit in Spain, and instead of talking about NATO or Russia or Ukraine, he started bashing the U.S. Supreme Court while overseas. This is like a big, big a big political no-no for um for presidents when you're traveling overseas you don't you don't criticize domestic political opponents or other institutions in the US while you're traveling meeting with our allies and adversaries you just don't do that well he did it here's what president biden said he said speaking to reporters the one thing that has been destabilizing the world is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States in overturning not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy, End quote. So President Biden goes overseas. He accuses the U.S. Supreme Court of destabilizing the world. And then he goes on to describe their behavior as outrageous. It's like he's speaking to school children. Like, like, you guys on the playground weren't acting right. It was outrageous. This is a, a, a branch of, one of the three branches of government. The Supreme Court. And he calls uh, it outrageous behavior and destabilizing for the world. And... um uh, who is going to criticize him? Who's going to criticize um, President Biden for denigrating a branch of government, an entire branch of government, while overseas? I don't know. I don't know. CNN's not going to do it. So maybe some others will do it. And you read the headlines now, and you think the Supreme Court's just utterly broken and divided. Well, it's not. Well, it's not. And uh, maybe in the last segment towards the end, I'll play a clip. I do have a clip of Justice Sotomayor, but we don't have enough time to play it. It's about two minutes long. But she's, she's applauding or speaking kindly of uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, and her fellow justice on the Supreme Court. So you read the headlines and you're like, man, this Supreme Court's just broken. This Supreme Court's divided, and they are ideologically divided. This Supreme Court's just falling apart. Uh, I read a headline the other day. That says something to the extent of, you know, the Supreme Court's never uh, been so disrespectful of each other's opinion, you know, in the history of the court and all this, you know, apocalyptic language. But we'll play a clip later in the next segment about how Justice Sotomayor's like, yeah, you know, Justice Thomas and I don't agree on the opinions, but you know, he's a really nice guy and he cares about people. That's basically what she said. And it totally goes against the narrative. Of the left in uh, in in uh, depicting the Supreme Court as this broken, you know destabilizing to quote President Biden institution. Speaking of the Supreme Court, wrapping this up this segment, the Supreme Court issued its final rulings for the term today and uh, struck down the Environmental Protection Agency in their overreaching rules and regulation as it results to uh, as uh, as it relates to the Clean Air Act and so basically to summarize this the EPA was trying to regulate emissions carbon emissions from different power producing plants around the nation that power our homes and businesses the court struck the EPA down and said y'all need to get your hands and your regulations out of these uh, power producing plants let them produce power stop intervening, stop blocking them from producing electricity for Americans. So a good rolling by the Supreme Court again today, AFA at the core, I'll be back in just a few minutes.
3: Picture a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse.
1: Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. To read this article, visit engagemagazine.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa.
2: You're joking, right?
1: Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill.
2: Wait a minute, no way.
1: There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God.
0: Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling.
4: The whole idea of in his image has moved
2: me we actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said, after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image.
1: To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. For American Family Radio,
4: I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The Lord's grace comes to us in our greatest times of need. His grace is always coming to us. But the book of Hebrews is telling us to make haste to come before the throne of grace, especially in times of need. The Lord Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. He knows what we go through, and he sees what we suffer. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus, our great Savior, the one who knows our hearts and patiently leads us. He sits on his throne of grace and he calls us to join him there. And when we pray, we're entering his presence. Feel needy? Go to Christ at his throne and find the grace you need. Read the Bible daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.
1: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the CORE here on American Family Radio. So glad to have you back with us on the show. Well, as promised, we do have a guest with us to talk about the issue of life and the topic of life. We have on with us Dr. Ingrid Scott. She is an MD. She's a board-certified OBGYN. She serves also as a senior fellow and director of medical affairs at the Charlotte Lozer Institute. Uh, Dr. Scott, welcome to the CORE.
3: Thank you for having me and letting me be part of this conversation.
0: Absolutely. So glad to have have you on and all the other guests that we bring on the core. Well, I gave your title and, and, and the uh, organizations you work for, but tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up uh, where you are today promoting human life.
3: Thank you. I um, have been a practicing obstetrician-gynecologist in San Antonio, Texas for—tomorrow um, will be 30 years—and— um, I am currently also serving um, with Charlotte Lozier Institute, which is an education arm of Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. And our job, our goal is to uh, provide information and education to the American people um, because it is clear that many, many people do not really understand what abortion is and certainly do not understand what abortion legislation does and what the Supreme Court's decision did last week
0: yeah there there is a lot of misinformation out there, and mostly from from the political left, you know, trying to hype up a lot of fear in the lives of people. and uh, to put it simply and 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 you know this, it, it this returns the issue back to the state legislature. The issue of abortion can now be uh, led controlled and regulated uh, by each state, which allows states to outlaw abortion and save more babies. well, uh doctor, i wanna I wanna get your your input on this topic. The, the, the argument that abortion must remain illegal across the nation to protect or, or to save the life of the mother. So talk a little bit or talk extensively about the life of the mother argument. Is it legitimate? Is it not your opinion?
3: You know, I think it's so unfortunate that this fear-mongering is occurring um, about an issue that is really a non-issue. Um, There are essentially two times or two scenarios where a pregnancy may end, may need to end in order to protect a woman's life, but none of the state-level restrictions prohibit this. All of them have an exemption for life of the mother, and many of them specifically mention ectopic pregnancy by name. Um, So it's not an issue. These laws don't prohibit it, but of course, um, in order to turn the American people against the legislation, abortion advocates are pretending that they do. Um, The first scenario that I mentioned is an ectopic pregnancy. Um, This is an unfortunate event where the pregnancy does not implant in the uterus, but implants somewhere else, um, usually in the fallopian tube. Um, This is a very dangerous situation for a woman. Um, We do not have the ability to place the pregnancy where it needs to be. So that is a pregnancy that is going to miscarry, but until it does, it may continue to grow, and it may cause the fallopian tube to rupture, which can bleed, and um, it can be a catastrophic event, and women have died of this. Hmm. And no obstetrician, no matter how they feel about elective abortion, no obstetrician will fail to treat a woman in this situation, because we know if we do not treat it, it could result in the woman's death.
0: So, so the Um, well, I do, I do want you to get to the second uh, case of this, but, but, but back to your point. So, what you're saying, uh, there are no, none of these laws, these pro-life laws that are aimed at ending abortion, affect the ability of doctors to be able to treat uh, both the mother and the baby. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Abortion is the elective ending of human life in the womb, in the uterus. And this is not elective and this is not a, a uterine pregnancy. So it, it absolutely does not um, fit the definition of a, abortion in any way. Um, in fact, the procedures and the treatment options are, are totally different as well. Um, so again, it is a non issue. And even Planned Parenthood on their website specifically says an ectopic pregnancy is not, or treatment of an ectopic pregnancy is not an abortion.
0: Hmm. What, uh, continue before I interrupted you about the second case where the life of the mother is having to be handled?
3: Right. So so occasionally, rarely, fortunately, um, there can be situations where the pregnancy does pose an immediate serious risk to a woman's life. Most of the time, that is in the second half of the pregnancy. Um, occasionally, we'll see very severe hypertension, a situation called severe preeclampsia, or we'll see a situation where the um, uh, amniotic membrane has ruptured what we call preterm premature previable rupture of membranes. This is often associated with an infection. And if allowed to remain untreated, can cause a risk to the woman's life. Women have died of sepsis in that situation. But in both of those situations, if a woman needs to be separated from her fetus to save her life, every obstetrician will do that. That is not an elective abortion. The intent Mm -hmm. is not to kill the baby, which of course is the intent of an election abortion, but the intent is to save the lives of both of them, hopefully, or at least one if they can't both be saved. Mm -hmm. And obstetricians can do that in a standard way. They can induce labor. um, If appropriate, they can do a Mm -hmm. C-section. They do not need to do the the most common abortion procedure at that time is a dilation and evacuation or D&E which is a dismemberment procedure that disrespects the child that disrespects the woman mm. and uh accentuates the grief for the woman and it's not medically necessary
0: you know this is Dr once again we're talking to Dr Ingrid Scott she's an MD board certified OBGYN she also serves as senior fellow and director of medical affairs over at the Charlotte Loser Institute. You know, doctor, this this is not uh, – okay, amongst the Christian community and amongst conservative media, media outlets, this is probably being talked about some. So I don't want to make a blanket statement that this is not being talked about. Um, but, but on some of these major media outlets that have been covering this uh, topic for years, not just in recent weeks in light of the Supreme Court ruling – this stuff is not being explained to the American public. I mean, you got a lot of people out there uh, that think that abortion has to stay around, that we have to be able to target babies in the womb and kill them uh, to save the life of the mother. I mean, what, what kind of experience do you have when you're interacting with the public, when you're doing media interviews? Uh, what, kind of, what kind of knowledge is out there on this issue?
3: Well, you know, it's understandable that abortion advocates are taking this line of, a, of attack Because they know that the American people are very uncomfortable with the idea of electively ending a child's life. Ninety-seven percent are for social or financial reasons. They're not for these extraordinarily rare situations. Mm. But if they can make the argument, they think they can um, uh, turn the people against um, pro-life legislation. Um, I'm an obstetrician in Texas. As you know, we've had a restriction in place um, since last September. September. And this, these rumors have continued to float in the, in the media. And I'll tell you what's a shame. We've got medical organizations whose, whose job it is within the state to um, uh, provide resources and support to, to physicians. And none of those medical um, organizations have taken it upon themselves to research and see what the law really says, because the Texas law is quite clear that it exempts Ectopic pregnancies and it exempt life of the mother. Mm. But our medical organizations are not educating to worry and be concerned and not know if an action that they take might result in the loss of their license or in the, um, or even, um, you know, legal penalties or jail time. And that's inexcusable. These organizations should be helping us. They shouldn't be standing by silently while this confusion continues.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you're so right and um, th- that's their, that's their one job. It's like you, you got one thing to do and that is mm-hmm. to to help doctors to educate doctors, to petition uh, you know on behalf of doctors and their MIA, their MIA and this this is the fundamental topic. I mean this is not you know a complex topic. this is not yeah, it's a politically divisive topic. Our divisive topic, but it's not complicated. I mean, doctors exist. Their 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 job, and you know this as well as anybody. Your profession exists to foster and care for human life.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, uh, uh, Doctor Scop, last word on the Roe v. Wade ruling. Where you see this going from here? Uh, You mentioned that you practice in the state of Texas. You guys have had a a law in place even before this Supreme Court ruling. I think it's a couple months now, at least. Uh, where where the vast majority of elective abortions have been outlawed. Are you seeing or are you hearing that more babies uh, are being saved in the state of Texas as a result of that state law?
3: Yeah, I believe that is happening. It's been in place since September 1st, and uh, we're, we're just now starting to see the numbers of births that are occurring related to that limitation. Um, unfortunately, there has been a concerted effort by the abortion industry to take women out of state, to take them to New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, to get abortions. And we are also seeing an influx of medical abortion pills coming into our state illegally. Our law does not allow it. Mm. But nonetheless, women can order these over the Internet. They can obtain these in an unsuper medically unsupervised fashion, which is so dangerous. So I think going forward, both in Texas and in all 50 states, we're going to see a, a tremendous fight and we're going to see um, more judicial activism. I think we've seen this already since Dobbs on Friday, on Monday, many judges around the country set laws on hold and, and joined laws that had been duly passed by the legislatures to protect babies. So the fight continues. It doesn't end. It just actually begins now. Um, but um, particularly, I'm particularly concerned about these medical abortion pills that are going to be flooding into to states that are trying to protect their children, the unborn children, and trying to protect the women.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, it's it's so so hypocritical because uh, many many of of these these uh, uh, Democrats, you know, they praise the courts and they uh, they applaud the Supreme Court and all these lower district courts until they. Um, uh, until they do something they don't like, like the Supreme Court did, and then they criticize them, they bash them, um, and then they allow they, they, they sit silent as lower courts contradict uh, what the Supreme Court has already made clear last week. Uh, well, Dr. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the core. We'll have you on again, and, and thank you so much for your work uh, promoting human life and speaking out on behalf of the unborn. And
3: thank you so much for your time and for educating the American people.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Once again, that was uh, Dr. Ingrid Scott. She's an MD, also a board certified OBGYN. So uh, she's been doing this for nearly 30 years or right at 30 years, she mentioned in, uh, in Texas, in the state of Texas. So we appreciate her coming on and speaking to this issue. And as she said, elective abortions are not about saving the life of the mother. All right, elective abortions are not about saving the life of the mother. They're about targeting the child uh, for uh, death. So that's important, an important distinction as uh, all these uh, debates and arguments are continuing to happen. Well, I came across this uh, this uh, report uh, out of Fox News Digital, and, you know, we, we hear the narrative, and we're all about debunking false narratives here on the show, that we, we hear the narrative that, well, you know, uh, the states with more guns, with more firearms, uh, that's where m- more of the murders happen. That's where more of the firearm-related crimes happen. Well, that's completely not true. All right, and let's look at uh, what this study concluded. This is a Fox News Digital study or uh, data compiled by Fox News Digital, and it, it, it has to do with stats from the FBI on 20 in 2019. And listen to this. It reported... Uh, according to all the data that was compiled uh, by Fox News Digital from the FBI database, quote, many states with higher percentages of gun ownership had lower or similar murder and gun rates, gun murder rates to states with strict gun control, end quote. So let's uh, read more into this. The findings showed that uh, Montana and Wyoming came in uh, the top spots for states with the highest highest percentage of gun ownership with more than 66% of households with at least one firearm. However, the states, these two, Montana, Wyoming, also saw murder and gun murder rates similar to states with strict gun laws, uh, i.e. California and New York. So, you know, this, this false narrative that more guns equals more gun related crimes or murders is completely not true. All right. That's completely not true. So the, 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 the banning of legally owned firearms is not going to solve uh, the murder problem in some of these major cities. As a matter of fact, studies show it makes it much, much worse. Why? Because law-abiding citizens who want to protect their livelihood, who want to protect their body, their person, their family, they are disarmed while the criminals keep the guns all right and you see this in mexico all the cartels they're armed up they got ammo they got guns they got everything they need to carry out their uh, crimes their murders you know and everybody else in mexico well they don't have anything they don't have a gun they don't have anything why the cartels run the show they've got all the guns all the illegal guns and all the law-abiding citizens well they're defenseless so we don't need that in america as the Supreme Court has reaffirmed in recent days, in recent weeks, American citizens have the right to possess a firearm on their person and defend their life should it be threatened by another individual. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time.